Hello, my friends, and welcome today to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I'm so happy that you are here today. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me today in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 9. And today I want to talk about your Boaz moment. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring supernatural revelation and understanding of your ways so that we can walk in the ways of your kingdom and thus not just be walking the rest of our lives, but be riding. Hallelujah. Not even be uh, driving in a sense, but we be flying. Thank you, Father God, for the fastest ability to move forward in your plan for our lives And we thank you for these kingdom secrets unveiled. In Jesus' name, we agree and say around the world, amen. Praise God. Now, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now, we see this repeated in Leviticus chapter 23. Let's take a look at that. This is uh, very important. And of course, the subject of repetition in the learning and understanding of the law is very important as well in Jewish culture. Now we're moving over to Leviticus chapter 23, and let's go to verse 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor And for the stranger, I am the Lord, your God. So we see a repetition here, and this repetitive teaching helps us to understand that when we have our harvest, we must be more than just thankful, but we must also, during these times of harvest, not not forget to remember the poor and those that would be financially distressed. Praise God. That is the the purpose of these divine instructions. Now, in Judaic tradition, the law was always read to Israel during the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, as well as the beginning of every year and also on the day of atonement. So you have to understand when these great feasts or these very special moments uh, happened and Israel was, uh, you know, pulled together in a a large uh, corporate assembly type meeting, then there was the centerpiece of activity, which was what? The reading of the Torah, the law, so that God's people know what God's, what God requires of them so that they can please God in all of their ways. Now, Rabbi Aben Ezra, who was a very famous rabbi, he lived in Spain during the medieval ages. He lived in the uh, the time frame uh, of the 1100s. If I'm correct, I think he was born in the year 1097 or 1096. He lived a long life, and he was a phenomenal teacher of the law of God. 
And concerning Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22, Rabbi Aben Ezra said, or he taught that he who observes uh, this instruction of Leviticus 23, verse 22, and leaves the corners of his field and the gleanings to the poor, it is as if he built the sanctuary and offered his sacrifices in the midst of it. So he, of course, is repeating the oral traditions that the rabbis understood throughout the ages past of the great blessing that comes upon those who obey this particular instruction, which is a commandment. Praise God. So, We're going to be celebrating the Feast of Passover, uh, which we also know from the New Covenant perspective as uh, what we would see primarily as Resurrection Sunday. We're going to celebrate it on April 17th, 2022. So we're only a few days out from that. That's April 17th. That's Resurrection Sunday, and that's right in the, the central part of the Feast of the Feast of Passover. Now, this, of course, is also the day that we recognize that God gave His best, and it gives us the opportunity to also release our best. We see this briefly mentioned, of course, throughout many scriptures, but maybe the classic one is John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. So love is more than just a talk. Uh, True love will always have a demonstration of giving that would be mixed into that equation. And God not only gave, but what did he give? One of the angels? (laughs) I've got an extra angel. I'll I'll sacrifice him. No, (laughs) he gave his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. So, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about this area of uh, preparing the corner of your field. Praise God. And it's it's very interesting when you look at how God works in the church and of course, in Israel and uh, in general throughout the earth, you'll see something very interesting. And even the Apostle Paul talked about this, and it hasn't changed. Several thousand years later, it hasn't changed. I want to take you to it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to talk today about your Boaz moment. And so much of that revolves around your field and what you do with your corners. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and let's go to verse uh, 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame the things which are mighty. Now, uh, this is not an ironclad rule. Paul doesn't intend it uh, to be that way. But, uh, but pretty much across the board, it's not like you have a lot of presidents, prime ministers, senators, Uh, or well-known people lifting up their hands, praying in the Spirit, talking in tongues, and saying, Jesus is Lord. You you, you understand what I'm saying. It's not like you have a bunch of uh, university professors, although there are some, just like there are some politicians that are saved and born again, even national leaders, but there's not a lot 
okay? So you have to understand it's not like everybody that's intellectual out there in Silicon Valley is saying, oh, we've created so many wonderful things and we're so blessed of God that we're going to really pour this extra provision into the church the further God's work. No, no, most of them are atheist in the sense that they're not like evil people going around doing awful things, although some of them do, <laughs> you know, tried to work that into, uh, uh, you know, their mindset of what they tried to implement through laws and so forth. But a lot of these guys are, and gals are just, they're nice people. They just don't know God. And the fact that they have so much money, it it causes a problem in their life because they don't know God, so they don't know what to do with money. They have no, they have no ethical or moral compass Whatever is right is what uh, culture says is right, or you know what what the pressure would say. This is the way you do it, and they conform with that. But they can have so much wealth and so much access to a bank or to a doctor or to the most nutritious food, and on and on it goes. That in some ways they think, well, I don't need God. Uh, uh, who is God anyhow? And, uh, and they get you know. And so a lot of these people they don't they don't know anything about God. Now, again, there are exceptions to that rule, but it's still very consistent what Paul said, not many wise according to the flesh. Okay. It's not like you have a lot of intellectual people, uh, that are out in the world saying, Oh yes, Jesus is Lord. And, uh, this is how you can be born again. No, they're, uh, they'll argue about it and say, well, prove to me there's God and on and on it goes, things like that. Not many mighty, uh, and, and, you know, if you are mighty, if you are a world famous athlete or something like that, uh, even if you do know the Lord, a lot of them are very reserved about it because you're going to get hit with the persecution and all of that stuff if you proclaim. So, so, uh, often, you know, the Lord, he gets done what he wants to get done without having to use what people think you have to use to get it done. Not many mighty, not many noble. It's not like, you know, uh, you look at a church service and you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the princes and uh, uh, princesses and, and, you know, all the, the, the elite of the world sitting on the front rows. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh no, no, you're not going to find them there. They're going to be in, uh, you know, maybe at the Illuminati Club or something like that, you know. But you know, you understand what I'm saying. A lot of times people that think naturally, they think, well, you, you have to have uh, them get on board with you because God needs them. No, uh, that that's nice if they want to get saved and participate. But have you noticed that the gates of hell have not prevailed against the church, and the Lord's church is still moving forward despite uh, the, the, the various uh, challenges and so forth. And so, my friends, God confounds that so-called wisdom by so often choosing the foolish things of the world, such as the person you're looking at right now, the least likely <laughs> to be a preacher. <laughs> Glory to God. The least likely to, uh, you know, to uh, accomplish some things, but everything that I do is for the glory of God and by God's grace. You guys understand that. But my friends, God God delights in doing it that way. Praise God. So let me say this. Um, I want to share a few statistics that I find uh, very, very fascinating, especially in light of what we just read. Uh, understand that the gospel is most consistently received around the world by those who are what? Who are usually poor. I want to say it again. The gospel is most consistently received by those 
who are poor. And right now, uh, on the planet, there are uh, right around 700 million people that make less than $1.90 a day. Not, not, not an hour for the whole day. They make less than $1.90. And so there's a lot of them, over 700 million of them, and that is considered by uh, statistics uh, from the World Bank and the, you know, uh, the UN and so forth. That's considered to be extreme poverty. So there are 700 million people that are in extreme poverty that make less than $1.90 a day. Okay, I want to go a little bit further. Uh, but also remember, God so often is, is uh, you know, touching these people, and they may be stuck in these miserable conditions, but so many of them are being born again because why? They're desperate. They're desperate, they're needy, and their only hope is God. Hallelujah. Now, Here's another, another amazing uh, statistic. Half of the world's population lives on less than $5.50 a day. Not $5.50 an hour. Half of the world's population lives on less than $5.50 a day. Okay, that's 3.4 billion people. Think about that. That make less than $5 and 50 cents a day. Mm-mm. The harvest fields are gigantic and the harvest fields are ripe for harvest. And we're going to get a whole bunch of people saved. <laughs> Whoa, glory to God. Mm-mm. Okay. Now I want to read two more statistics to you that, uh, kind of brace yourself for this. These, these are amazing. Okay. Uh, right now on planet earth, we have close to 8 billion people. We're not quite at eight yet. I think we're right around almost 7.7, but today, as of right now, 5.3 billion people watch television every day. Can you believe that? 5.3 billion people watch television every day. Woo! Praise God. So you can reach the poor through television. You can reach the poor through media. Now here's the other stat. 7.2 billion people. Now remember, the the global population is sitting now right around 7.7, getting close to 7.8. But as of right now, today, 7.2 billion people have a smartphone that they can watch media on. They have one of these. Now, uh, of course, here in America, you have, you have such things as Apple and Samsung. Those are the two primary uh, pools that people are going to shop from so often when they want to get their phone. But that doesn't mean that in other parts of the world, you have to have an Apple or something like that. I thank God for my, my Apple, the uh, top-of-the-line phone, which a precious ministry partner uh, bought and paid for for my phone and for my wife's phone. That person's watching right now. You know who you are. Praise God. And I use it for the glory of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. But can you believe that right now, even with all the poverty and all of the financial challenges, that 7.2 billion people have a smartphone? Oh, it might be a different brand. It, It might not 
have as many bells and whistles as an Apple or a Samsung, but nevertheless, 7.2 billion people right now have a smartphone. Well, Pastor Stephen, some of them only making $5 a day. Yep, and they still got a smartphone. They figured out a way. (laughs) Maybe they had to make payments on it. They figured out a way to get a smartphone. I'm telling you, we can reach the poor with the gospel. Mm -mm. Now, the teachings that we're putting out on the Pure Gold television program are helping all over the world poor Christians to get into a place of victory. It's helping Christians who are defeated, who are struggling, who have been born again, but they're like, now now what do I do? I've, 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 I've gotten saved. I've received eternal life into my heart. I love Jesus, but how do I get out of this mess? My friends, do you get out by understanding the word of faith as it is ministered? Not a word of unbelief, not a word of hoping and a wishing, but the word of faith that begins to give people an understanding that God's word contains the principles and the secrets of success so that you don't have to stay defeated the rest of your life. Yes, we want to be a blessing to the poor in the sense where sometimes we do things that physically touch them, such as give them a fish, but we're we're not just going to give them a fish without teaching them how to catch fish on their own. We're not going to make them relying upon us. Here's some more money. Here's some more money. Look, they've tried that in Africa for decades after decades and poured billions and billions of dollars, uh, uh, EU, uh, USA, and uh, all, uh, uh, nation, uh, national multi-group efforts pouring billions into Africa. And most of it was taken by ruthless dictators and disappeared and money laundered. And and hardly any of it ever went to the hurting people that actually needed it. That's because poverty has a spiritual root. You'll never, ever be able to eliminate poverty completely because it is a spiritual problem. You can't just keep pouring money into it and think that fixes it. Although there are times we do pour money in as the Holy Spirit gives divine opportunity and it's wisdom uh, where it makes sense. Hallelujah. And what has actually been the redemption of Africa is not the continual taking of handouts, but by great men of God that have risen up by understanding the word of faith and saying, we don't need a handout. We need revelation knowledge. And God gave it to them. And now some of the most powerful churches on the face of the earth, and, and which also coincidentally and it's not a coincidence, but it's, it's merged together. They're also some of the wealthiest churches and ministers now on the planet. And they didn't get that way by looking for a handout. They got that way when they realized the measure of a man is not what you receive. The measure of a man is your ability to give. Hallelujah. And they realized that's our way out. It's through giving. Praise God. So, my friends, we are... We're taking the gospel weekly to the poor around the world. Yes, the rich hear it too. That touches uh, certain ones. But you understand, it's usually the poor because most of the world, remember, over half of the world's population makes less than $5.50 a day. Most of the world is poor. Okay, so we are reaching the multitudes. We are reaching the poor with the gospel. Praise God. And And we have opportunities, critical opportunities right now to expand the international 
Global Television Ministry. I've got papers uh, right here. I have I have time slots available. I have rate cards right here to two extraordinary networks that want me to come on. Uh, think think about one of them just for a moment. I want to share about one of them. I've got the paperwork sitting over to the side. We have an open door to go on television in Israel and broadcast the gospel out of Bethlehem, out of Bethlehem. And it's different because with this network, they're actually in Israel. In other words, this is not a satellite beaming it down, and you could only catch it if you're watching cable. No, this is a real television station in Israel with a real tower. And the tower is broadcasting out. It covers all of Israel. It covers all of Jordan, and it covers Syria as well. And what a lot of people don't know is that in the land of Israel, uh, whether you're a Jewish person or an Arab person, but you're, you're an Israeli citizen, is that the Israelis, while they speak many, of course, speak Hebrew, modern-day Hebrew, and a bunch of them speak Arabic as well, almost all of them, though, can still speak English. 80% of all Israelis, Jews, uh, 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 Arabs, 80% can also speak English. Hallelujah. And we have openings available right now, and they want us to come on. I feel strongly, I've prayed about it greatly. I feel strongly that God's in it, where we could go on two or three times a week with a message that so many of them who are poor, okay, because remember, it's coming out of Bethlehem, okay, in those areas, uh, biblical areas of Judea, Samaria, modern day, what they would call uh, the land, you know, the Palestinian territory. I, I just call it what the Bible calls it, the land of Israel, okay? <laughs> I skip all of the politics, but you know the area I'm talking about. There's great poverty. While God is saving many Jewish people, and, and many are coming to the, the uh, realization, the, uh, the, the revealing that Jesus Christ is Messiah, uh, and at the same time, the Arabs, multitudes of Arabs are coming to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we could broadcast the gospel into all of those areas. Praise God. God is good. God is good. You know, if you go to Israel and you're a tourist and you stay in a hotel, you can catch a few, uh, let, let's say you turn on the television in the hotel, you can catch a few Christian networks that are uh, being uh, pumped in through satellite. But you know what? That's not what the locals watch. The locals who actually live there, they watch what they pick up with their antenna on the top of their house. And what is that? That's that um, network that's broadcasting locally. So we could be on the network that the locals that actually live there hear. <laughs> Instead of just preaching to the choir... We can preach to them from Bethlehem. Will you help me to do it? Will you help me do it? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, most of the world is poor. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Multitudes are suffering. The word of faith is God's message to deliver suffering humanity from the frustrations and perplexing challenges of life. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's go. Let's go to the book of Ruth. Woo, thank you, Lord. Let's go over to the book of Ruth, one of the most beautiful uh, stories in the Bible. I want to read a few verses. 
uh, from Ruth chapter 2. Look at verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was what? Fill in the blank. You know his name. His name was Boaz. Look, I'm about to reveal to you your Boaz moment. And I love the story of Boaz and Ruth. And of course, yes, he had uh, great wealth. He was a he was a man of great wealth. The name Boaz, many believe that the root meaning of that name in Hebrew means strength. So he had strong finances. And some, sometimes people, of course, say, oh, I'd like to emulate that. I'd like to catch that anointing. I actually, for me, my favorite verse uh, in the book of Ruth is uh, is not so much the love story. It's not so much, you know, his great wealth. But for me, my favorite verse is found in, let's take a look at it just for a moment, through chapter 3. Uh, chapter 3, and this would be verse 12 and 13. And I'll show you why. It says, uh, and this is the conversation between Ruth and Boaz. And Boaz says in verse 12, Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be, that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. (laughs) But notice, notice, This is what excites me about Boaz. And you see the same thing in Abraham. You see the same thing in Job. You see what? Integrity. In other words, it's not like he's like, oh, you really like me? Oh, I really like you too. Look, look, let's just just go get married. Let's just run off and get married. He's like, we can't. Uh, There's somebody in line in front of me that according to Mosaic law, has the right of redemption uh, concerning you, and if we're going to if if we're going to do this, we have to do this the right way. May God impart that grace into you, where you never cheat again, where you never tell a lie ever, where you never fudge numbers or you hide things or you you surf in the gray area intentionally because you're doing something underneath the table. Look, if you can't put it up on the table, something's wrong here. Hallelujah. These type of men were rich, and they're not rich because they're lucky or they swindled people. They're rich because they are doing things the right way. You have to do it by the book. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> that's, just, that's the thing also with Leviticus chapter 23 and uh, Leviticus 19. You know, you read about, you know, leave the corners available, but you, it goes on to say, you shall not lie or defraud or cheat your brother. Don't, don't do them wrong. Don't mess them around just so that you can, you know, get things your way. Do it right. And that to me, uh, is what touches my heart about Boaz. Sure, he's wealthy. That, that's great. Who wouldn't want the wealth anointing, right? But you have to understand that's one of the reasons why he's wealthy, because he's integrous. And he, and he said, hey, look, if, if this other person in front of me wants to do the right of redemption, then good. It is what it is. So be it. Uh, so you have to be willing to always do it the right way, even if it means potentially... This may go a direction that you would, in your heart, you would hope it doesn't go that way because maybe you really desire something, but you're willing to honor God above all, and you put it all on the altar. And we know the story. Uh, he, The guy that has the first right, 
says, no, this is not going to work out for me if I do it. I have some technicalities over here that would uh, make things complicated, kind of mess up my own inheritance. And Boaz is like, okay, well, let's call the elders together and uh, get this all recorded on the books, as we would say, which back then was orally done uh, in, in front of many witnesses. And he did it the right way. And that's also one of the reasons why I see you going to the top, because that Boaz anointing is going to hit you and you are a man, a woman of integrity. Praise God. All right, now let's go back to uh, verse 2 this time. So Ruth, uh, back to chapter 2, verse 2. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. Now, why is she doing this? Well, it's obvious. Her and Naomi are poor. They are very, very poor. And so Ruth, uh, who's a lot younger, Naomi is a lot older. So Ruth is like, hey, I'm going to go out and do what I can and trust that basically somebody, I'm going to end up at some field somewhere where somebody will have some mercy and grace towards me. And um, I can come home and we can have enough grain, hopefully, to grind out some bread tonight, eat two slices of bread and uh, put a little butter on it. And, you know, she's living one day at a time. Woo! Lord, have mercy. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the of family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, from Bethlehem. Can you imagine we can preach the gospel today from Bethlehem? And so, you know, you know, on all of my TV shows, I'm putting an altar call, a, a, an invitation to receive Christ at the end of each message and Technically, in Israel, you can't evangelize. But, oh, we're broadcasting out of Bethlehem, which they say is Palestinian territory. So that's a different territory. So we can, we can, uh, we can kind of uh, just throw the nets. Anyhow, hallelujah. Watch what God's going to do. It's going to be amazing. Now watch this. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. Can you imagine working for a boss? that loves God so much that when he shows up, uh, he says, the Lord be with you. <laughs> and he answered him, the Lord bless you. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, then Boaz said to his servants who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And so there's conversation and he realizes, oh yes, I've heard about her and her tremendous integrity and the way that she has honored uh the woman of God that she is under. And you know what? He told her, he said, look, you've got a reputation that is a great reputation. Also that Ruth being a Moabitess, which was, you know, the Moabites had some really, uh, I mean, they were outside of the covenant of God. So they're doing all kinds of things that the Bible would describe as being abominable. But she not only connects with Naomi, she's connecting with Naomi because of the God that Naomi serves. So she has come to join herself with the Jewish people, primarily with the Jewish God, the Lord God, Jehovah. And, you know, Boaz has heard about all of that. He's like, wow, I've, I've, I've heard about you. You're, you're, he actually calls her a virtuous woman. Mm-mm. Praise God. So, my friends, there is there's this area where she's gleaning in his, in his field. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. When God instructed the Jewish people to leave the corners of your field ungleaned, and if you go over the grapes, only 
Only go over them one time. Oh, I missed a grape. I better go back. Oh, no, you've got all kinds of clusters of grapes you've already harvested. You missed a few. Leave them for the poor. Okay. Now, the corners are very important because did you notice that God never gave any instruction concerning how big or how small you make the corners of your field? It's up to the individual to decide. But did you notice that Boaz obviously had some really big corners, some huge buffers that he set up for who? The poor. And guess who one of the poor showed up was? Ruth. (laughs) You know the rest of the story. (laughs) David is going to come out of that genealogy, and even Jesus is going to come down the same line. Praise God. So this is, of course, a beautiful love story, but this is what I want to say. If you will enlarge your corners. God will enlarge your field. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Stephen, you've got it backwards. If God gives me a big field, then I can can make some big corners. No, it doesn't work like that. You make the corners. The making of the corners is up to you, not to God. You decide how big your corners are going to be, and based on that, now that, now God's going to work with the size of your field, okay? So you work with the corners first. The size of your corners determines the size of your field. So what you decide to do with your corners, your corners are your income. What's coming in each month? What would you also like to come in each month? So based on the corners and how big you, you make them, that's going to determine the size of your field, your overall personal financial net worth, your financial portfolio. And, you know, some would say, well, Pastor Stephen, the reason uh, Boaz is able to make these big corners is because he's rich. Uh, the reason he's rich is because he, not God, he decided to keep increasing his corners, keep increasing his corners. He's, he's increasing them so much. He's even telling his workers, Hey, uh, for her, cause she's a very virtuous woman for her, uh, make it look like you're accidentally spilling grain and, and just spill grain and drop sheaves on purpose so that she can gather them up. <laughs> You don't think Naomi noticed that when Ruth comes back with all of this uh, wheat, you know, because she's going to go thresh it and so forth. See, also, you have to understand the trap of welfare if you just give somebody a check. Let somebody earn something so they feel dignity. In other words, Boaz is creating these corners for the poor. But hey, if you're poor, you're going to have to show up and go out there and start picking it up. Well, I'm not going to do that. They should just bring it to my house, put it in the refrigerator. No, no, no. He that will not work, neither let him eat. That is the holy word of God. So she's not, you know, Ruth is not just sitting back saying, well, maybe a, maybe a raven will drop it off. No, no. Go out there and get it. In these type of scenarios, you have to go get it. And she's, she's willing to go out there even as a poor person and, uh, and, you know, do all that she can to keep moving forward. But if you will enlarge the corners of your field, excuse me, if you will enlarge your corner, then God, he will enlarge your field. Now, early this morning, I was sitting with the Lord in prayer. I'd gotten up uh, uh, sometime, uh, uh, it was before four o'clock. I think it was like 3.51 or something like that. And I was spending time with God in the secret place. And 
which is a, a, a room I go to. It's my office at home. And I go there and just spend time with the Lord. And I said, well, Lord, we're getting, we're getting close to, the, uh, to Passover, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, that's normally when we do something as an offering for pure gold. And uh, in a sense, it's like a missionary offering because pure gold is going to the poor around the world. I said, Lord, what would you have me to share with your people concerning the Passover offering? which is the resurrection Sunday morning offering. I said, Lord, what should we do? And the Lord instructed me that we are to make a pledge offering. And we have nine months left in the year. Now, see, if you give one offering, that's good. But if you will enlarge your corners and say, now, if I can do something every month, the sum total will be larger when it's all said and done than just giving one offering. Okay, one offering is good. And if you have the ability to give one special offering and give it all up front, that's great. But for most people, you're able to accomplish more if you say, Lord, I can't do it all at one time, but if I do some each month, at, at the end of the year, it will be something very, very special. So the Lord has put up on my heart to bring this before you today, that for the Passover offering, let's make it a pledge offering. In other words, this is what you can do each month for the rest of the year. And so you have nine months. How much total can you pledge to give for the Pure Gold television program? And all of this goes to Pure Gold. I don't touch any of this personally. It all goes into an account that is used for the producing of the TV shows and for the purchasing of the airtime, such as signing on with the Bethlehem station and expanding onto another uh, station. And I'll tell you more about that in the future when those things are all pulled together. But right now, right now, each week, we are already reaching over 1.1 billion potential viewers. That's how big the net is right now that we're throwing. And the poor are hearing. Salvations are taking place. The church is being built up. And we must continue the reach because we're going to get a lot of lost people saved. Praise God. But my friends, I cannot do it on my own. I need your help so that we can continue uh, to expand and reach, reach the poor, particularly with the pure gold messages. Hallelujah. Now, I sat there early this morning in the dark with the Lord, and I'd already been praying for a, a couple of hours. And, you know, I, I was just like, well, Lord, is there a special number? Is there something special that you would have your people aim for that maybe they can't do it, they can't do it at one time, but if it's spread out over nine months, uh, then that, that for many could make it doable. And I just prayed, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said the golden number is 7,000. I said, Ooh, now remember, this is all going on early in the morning. I've been praying for quite some time when the Holy Spirit said that to me. So because it's still the, early in the morning, I'm sitting there in the dark. It's not like I'm thinking analytically numbers. I'm not crunching numbers. So I actually grabbed my phone because there's a calculator on my phone. And I said, well, I wonder what that is divided by nine. And I put it into my calculator, and when I saw it, it sent shivers up my spine. Pastor Stephen, what is it? Well, do this. Pause the video right now that you're watching. Just pause it for a, a moment and take your calculator on your phone, or if you have a real calculator, and type, type it in. 
7,000 divided by nine. And you tell me what your number says, because I know that they're all, you know, numbers are consistent. I saw it in a uh, shiver went up my spine. I said, oh God. And the Holy Spirit said, that's the golden number. And I am believing for 30 people. I've asked God for 30 people to make a pledge, a $7,000 pledge. There could be a few of you that maybe you can just, you can bring it in up front. But I know there's some others you think, I can't do that all at once, Pastor Stephen. But perhaps over nine months, you could. Husbands and wives, talk it over. If you're single, talk it over with the Holy Spirit. What can you do? I'm asking God for 30 people that will make the 7,000 pledge, $7,000 sum pledge, and that you can do it monthly. By the way, it comes out each month to $777.77. Somebody might be watching and say, Pastor Stephen, I, 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 can't, I can't do $7,000. I don't have the faith for that. What about seven hundred? In nine months, could you trust God to pull together? Look, we're, we're working with the corners of your field. If you will enlarge your, cor- your corners, God, hear me today. God will enlarge your field. Hallelujah. This is for your expansion This is for your increase. This is how Boazes are created. This is how Boazes are made. This is your Boaz moment. If you can't do 7,000, could you do the 700? Well, Pastor Stephen, I wonder what that is a month. $77.77. What can you do? What can you do? Praise God. Now, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said the golden number is 7,000. So if you have faith for that, maybe you think, I, th- I think I could do it, Pastor Stephen, but God would have to really enlarge my field. Yes, that, that God, God can do the enlarging. But you're, you are the one, not God, not anybody else. You and you only are the one that can, term, that can determine how big you want to make your corners. The corners are for the poor. Most of the world is poor. Let's take the gospel to the poor. You can tell that because this is what we're doing, this is not some kind of a money, like a money hunting mission. You, you have to understand when you go on TV and when you're broadcasting also into poor areas, it's not like they're saying, oh, your program really blessed me. Here's $100 million. <laughs> no, all you hear is conversion experiences. You, you, you hear uh, testimonies. Your teaching is changing my life because it's the power of the word. But my friends, we whom God has blessed have to reach out and throw these nets. And if you'll consider the poor today, and if you'll consider the enlargement of your corners, God will do his part and he'll enlarge your field. Hallelujah. I'm asking God for 30 people that can make a faith pledge that before the year is out, they can get 7K in. And preferably, they're doing it monthly. This is what you're reaching for monthly, 777-77. Praise God. That enables the television ministry to go forward. You know, some of you don't know this, but right now, the television, the television ministry already, the Pure Gold Ministry or Pure Gold Television Program, we're already running uh, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars annually uh, for the television ministry. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought you were running about $1,500 a month. 
<laughs> no, we blew past that a long time ago. We've been into several hundred thousands now for over a year. We've never been late on one payment. Praise the Lord, all the glory to the Lord. But my friends, it's a big planet. And you got all these people out there, over 7 billion people with the cell phone. And they can, they can watch pure gold because they're watching all these networks and so forth. And then t- you have over 5 billion people watching TV every day. Mm-hmm. Glory. Glory to God. Will you help me? Praise God. I, I believe God is speaking to many hearts right now. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching that uh, you grabbed them, you grabbed their hearts, and they want to be one of the 30 that will make a faith pledge to pledge 7K, to bring in 7K into the ministry this year for the Pure Gold TV program. I thank you, Father. Uh, just strengthen them. And I, I know for some, it could be a little bit, it's a step of faith. They're like, oh God, you're going to have to really do something. But Lord, I thank you that uh, as their faith reaches it, you're going to help them, Father God, and they're going to see miracles happen this year. This is going to be the greatest financial year they have ever had in their lives, regardless of what circumstances are floating out in the world. We thank you, Father God, you're going to enlarge their field right in the midst of it. Oh, God, we give you praise. And others, there's many others, Lord, they perhaps may not have that ability to do that specific number, but perhaps they could do the 77, 77 a month, $77.77. And at the end of this year, after the end of nine months of giving, that's the equivalent of giving $777. And it moves the television ministry forward. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Father, bless your people. I've shared your word with them just as you spoke it to me and revealed it to me supernaturally by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that for many, this is a Boaz moment. You're going to turn many of your people into Boaz uh, people of ethics, integrity, and great wealth. We give you praise. Father, help us to get the poor. (laughs) We give you praise. It's our responsibility to preach it. And they can do what they want with it when they hear it. But we thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to be moving with, with divine conviction and uh, cords of love They're, that many multitudes are going to embrace Christ. Now, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we agree and say amen. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that feel you're one of the 30, I want you to email me and just email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and just say, Pastor Stephen, I'm in. I'm one of the 30, okay? Now, if you have another number that God gave you, okay, maybe maybe the 77 a month, or, or a different number that's something that your faith is connecting with, email me and let me know what your pledge is so I can, I can uh, expect what it is that you're going to be doing. Praise God. And then on Resurrection Sunday, on Passover, Resurrection Sunday, we're only a few weeks out. I want you to bring your first pledge in, your first amount in. Okay, there's nine, there's nine months. Okay, so let your first one come in on that day to the glory of God. There could, like I said, there could be just a few. Maybe you could bring the whole thing in on that day. That's fine. That's that's glorious. Amen. But but for others, you you're, you need the nine months because you can't do it all at once. Okay, bring the first part in. Bring the first part in on Resurrection Sunday. Now, Father, we just give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, for those of you that uh, are stepping into this, 
the, the link, if you want to do it online, will be at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and it's going to be in that orange bar that says Projects. You click on it, and you'll see Pure Gold, and you can go right there and sow your first of nine offerings this year right there. Praise God. And from the depth of my heart and my wife's heart, we thank you for standing with this ministry and our entire ministry team. We thank you for believing in us and the assignment that God has given us to take the gospel, to take the gospel to the nations of the world. Now, if you want to mail in your gift, of course, just on your check, write um, pure gold, pure gold, Passover pledge. Okay. That way I know that's that's noted for that specific use. Praise the Lord. Get your first one in on or before uh, Resurrection Sunday. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is going to be a very, very exciting year. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're intrigued by the things of God and you want to get your life right with God, I know there's those that are watching that do. Pray right now this prayer after me. Pray it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. I want to be saved. Wash me of my sins. Jesus, give me your eternal life. And step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Jesus, write my book, write my name in your book of life. And I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray, amen and amen. And God has heard that prayer. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. I believe there's somebody watching you just got saved and you want to be one of the 30. Come on in. Amen. What a way to start your Christian journey. Praise God. Now, let's honor the Lord today and take holy communion. Praise God. Grab some unleavened bread. And grab some grape juice. And let's, let's pray over it. If you're a Christian and you love God and you're, you're born again, you can take communion. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it in Jesus' name. And we set it apart as being holy. We consecrate it through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. But Father, as we, see, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we consider your instructions to leave the corners open for the poor. Oh, God, we thank you. And also, as it says in Scripture, also for the stranger, the foreigner. Oh, God, we thank you. There's a lot of those right now that are being, they're being moved, war-torn zones. People are fleeing. Uh, there, there's refugees coming in. Father, people need your word. We thank you. We consider the poor. And we reach out to them. Thank you, Father God, with a life-saving message. Thank you, Father God. We receive now the flesh of the Lord in his name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for cleansing and forgiveness of all sins. Let the blood cover us right now. If we've committed anything wrong or said anything wrong or thought anything wrong, let the blood of Jesus be applied right now, oh God. 
Thank you, Father God. We turn in from any sin. We thank you for cleansing, hallelujah, from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father God, that we have the nature and identity of Christ in us. We thank you, O God, for full pardon, full forgiveness through the precious blood. We thank you for blessing and protection. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father, for the work that you're doing in the end-time church. The envy of the world is the end-time church. We are your people, and we thank you, Father God, for removing any vestige of shame or reproach off of our lives, and that you're making your people the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. I will be praying over your pledges as they come in. As your first pledge arrives, and I also see your commitment. I'm praying for you. I'm already praying for all Pure Gold partners, ministry partners, online church members. Hallelujah. But this is our special Passover pledge. Praise God. This is all for the Pure Gold television outreach. And it is the largest outreach of the ministry. We do uh, different things. We do uh, internet, of course, and we do in-person meetings. But by far, by far, television is the biggest net that we throw Thank you for standing with us in this. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless your people. I thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. I ask you seal this word by your Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time, and I look forward to receiving your emails at contact at stephenbrooks.org, letting me know of your pledge and what God has put upon your heart to do. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye.